Hello and welcome to the Hallelujah podcast. I'm your host, Grace, and I'm beyond excited to have you here today. At Hallelujah, my mission is to provide a space where you can grow in your faith, be encouraged, and gain an understanding of God's word. In our episode today, we're joined by another beautiful guest, Karen Liddell, who is a very well-accomplished Christian woman. She's an ordained minister and a licensed clinical pastoral counsellor, advanced board certified in integrated marriage and family therapy, child and youth therapy, temperament therapy, and grief and loss. So incredibly wise, beautiful woman of God and, and very excited to, to have you on the show today. Thank you. I am, I'm so happy to be here. I'm so excited to just encourage your guests and join with you in what you're doing for the kingdom. Amen. Amen. Well, I would love for you to start off just with a, a little bit of an introduction to yourself and, and your testimony. Yeah, sure. Okay. How long do we have? <laughs> um, so again, my, my name is Dr. Karen Liddell and I my testimony is I actually was saved when I was eight years old. I got called went to the front of the church, baptized everything. And in fact, for weeks after, I wanted to keep getting up. And my mom would yank me down and say, sit down, you're saved. But unfortunately, life happened. And I, I was raised very secularly and um, kind of without parental supervision, left to do whatever I wanted. And I actually veered into witchcraft, veered into uh, being a psychic and um, doing the tarot cards and all of that. I went really, really, really worldly. And then, um, do you want me to tell about what actually brought me back to the Lord yet? Or are you going to go there yeah, later? Yeah, no, go for okay. it. Yeah, I'd love to okay. hear that. So the more decisions I made by consulting demons, really, I mean, because if you look at a um, couple of verses real quick that I really love that convinced me that there are, nobody's a psychic. Uh, one mm -hmm. is that um, for the living know they will die, but the dead know nothing. Never again will they have a part in anything that happens under the sun, Ephesians 9, mm -hmm. 5 through 6. But also in Ephesians 6, 17 through 19, our armor, part of it is the helmet of salvation to protect mm -hmm. our thoughts from lies, it says. So obviously demons can speak to us and the dead are not speaking to us. But at that point, I was listening to these voices and thinking that I was psychic and I was channeling and I was getting uh, messages from the beyond. And every decision I made made my life worse and worse until I ended up divorced and unemployed with three little kids. And um, I got pregnant. I met a guy out drinking, having fun, got pregnant and at first he was very excited about it until it turned out that there would be expenses involved in this. There would be adult responsibilities involved and he was out. And so I did what made sense to me at that moment and I had an abortion. And even in the midst of it, um, it was traumatic. It was devastating. I knew that I knew that something in me was wrong. This was wrong. And I was so broken that it gave God an opening into my heart and I was at a um, hospital and a pastor handed me a Bible and I'm like I'm a preacher's kid I mean you know, I know what the Bible says I'd never even read it but of course I knew what it said and I read it and from the moment I opened Romans I knew that God was speaking directly to me he was speaking to my heart those words were from me because I had asked him how do I live my life I don't know what to do I don't know how to make decisions and and he showed me and he's never stopped showing me ever since 
Yeah. And so for you, how did you, I guess, growing up in the church, did anything happen to lead you to fall away or how did you go from that into the, the deepest of, of, of witchcraft? Like I know that, that's quite a big jump. So what did, what did that look like for you? You know, primarily it's because so often those of us in ministry were focused on our ministry and too often our relationship with our family falls away. The ministry becomes more important than our first ministry, which is to our spouse and our children. And that's what happened in my family. And in fact, my parents got divorced and they went through their own kind of spiral. Um, my dad actually at 73 years old came back to ministry, got his master's in divinity and he's preaching again. And I'm so proud of him. But in the meantime, uh, no, nobody was paying attention. That's what it is. Nobody was paying attention. And I was just looking for God in any way I could find him without knowing there's one path to God and that's Jesus Mm -hmm. Christ. And he's changed everything for me. Hmm. I think that's so true though. We, we see so many people searching, searching for that meaning, that hope and, and searching for God in one way or another. But so often, like you said, it's down all the wrong paths. And I think often the family or the, the friends that you have, the people around you can so influence where, where you end up going. But Look, praise God that you made it home. I think the the beauty of sometimes being able, well, not the beauty of being able to experience the other side, is but we we truly we we know that it is it is so dark that there is no hope. So when we come to know Jesus, when we come to faith, we we see that such a stark difference and the transformation yeah. that we have in our lives. The people can see it and they're like, hey, I, like I want I want some of that. What is? Tell me what that secret ingredient is and then it's such a beautiful opening to be able to share about Jesus yeah. and the impact that he's had on your life as well yeah very Absolutely. very amazing yeah you know I still find that every time I I believe when I open my word I'm expecting to hear from God and this is what I tell my clients too you need to be if you want to have the most joy-filled life then you need to be communicating every single day with your Lord. And one powerful way he does that is through his word. So before mm-hmm. I even sit down, I, I have a question usually in my mind. And it might just be, Lord, what is for me today? Or it might be, this is the issue I'm going with. What's a word you have for me today? And it's not like a genie. I, I know he is ready to speak to me. And so it will always happen to be that verse that I'm reading today has something very specific, some words or some a bit of advice that is exactly fitting to what I'm doing. And so every single day, I know that he's still real. I, I don't ever have that time where I say, is God still out there? Yeah, I'm, I'm the same. I'm a big, big journaler. I have so <laughs> many journals and I'm back at the ones from, you know, primary school, early high school. And I think, oh my gosh, it's not good (laughs) anyway. But, but now like I've always been a big journaler, but in the past four years, when I've come back to faith, the, the journaling of what God is speaking to me about, what, what is happening in my life going, God, what do you say about this? Where do you want me to go? You look back at it and it, the words you get from God, it's like that, that rhema word of God is so impactful. It is so powerful. And it, you, you honestly, you just can't, you can't get enough of it. So yeah, that's it's kind yeah, of addicting cool. in a good way. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I love- it's that beautiful communication with God 
as well. And I think so many people, if we're not ever taught how to hear the voice of God, all we do is just pray and talk at him. Right. And we all have friends like that, that, or maybe you're the person like that. And you just talk (laughs) at people all the time. They just talk at you, talk, talk, talk. And it's like, oh, this would be really nice if it was a a two-way conversation. And we can have that with God. And that's the beauty that we 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 speak to him, we pray, we communicate with him, but we really do need to let him speak back into our life because that is where the power, the authority and the direction comes from in right. combination, of course, with, with the, the logos, like the, the written word of God yeah. as well. And do you also, I find this to be true, do you also, when you're in church or you're listening to something on YouTube, another pastor start getting those same words fed back, you're like, what? You know, it's like, um, is Facebook yeah. listening to me? Is Google listening to me? Yes, they are. Like but <laughs> so is God. And he will keep, yeah. you know, you'll have these coincidences where people will speak the same exact message. And that's that confirmation. Mm-hmm. So there are so many ways that if we, if we believe he wants to speak to us, and that's where it starts in the brain. What do you believe? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's absolutely. when you'll have more. And I love that you talked about journaling because that's a huge part of my practice is telling people stop journaling the bad stuff. So Mm -hmm. I love the way you're doing stop journaling the bad stuff because what that literally does is rewire your brain. So the bad stuff rewires your brain and actually causes brain damage, little literal damage to your neural network. But if you journal the way the Lord says, you know, think on these things intentionally, Lots of studies have been coming out, especially out of China, on the power of writing down positive things. What it does is rewire your brain to experience more love and gratitude. So it's it's that emotion of gratitude, which is a neurotransmitter, that changes the patterns. I love the way um, in some versions, you know, where King David is talking about, um, search me, O Lord, and examine mm-hmm. my heart. One translation says, um, see the path I'm on and put me mm-hmm. on the pathway. And I'm like, wow, the Bible is so full of, of brain retraining, by the way. And so this is why there are so many verses about gratitude. If, if you look how many times God says, pray with thanksgiving, he's trying to tell you how to rewire your brain Mm -hmm. yeah and that's exactly what I found so helpful I pre-christian days all my things (laughs) I would journal you know oh lord this is what actually not even praying to god at that point it's going this is what's happening with this guy and you know oh the friends this family that blah 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 but now it's like when I journal it's like I will always start with Thank you, God, that you are good, you are faithful. Thank you for what you've done in my work, my family, friends, yeah. whatever that looks like. And when you come to him, when you journal with that position, all the little things fall away. The little person who cut you off in, in traffic, even bigger issues as well, when you start it going, thank you, God, for everything you've done. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you have set me free from. It's yeah. like everything just pales in comparison and then we give him that space to speak into the things or areas of our life where it it is hard and we actually we do need his help but it's just it's put in a a a much better perspective as well yeah but that'll be a perfect segue into (laughs) telling me more about 
your your work, your ministry, what do you what do you do? You touched a little bit on on how you help people retrain their brains, but yeah, tell me more about that. I do. So for many years, um, many decades, I don't want to tell you how many, I've been a, a counselor or a therapist, and I used to work in the psych and substance abuse with um, dual diagnosis clients. And I ended up, um, you know, spending a couple of decades raising my kids. So I did a lot of my work as a volunteer basis during that time. But recently, um, in 2016, I was go I was going to Bible College, um, Koinonia Institute. If any of you remember Dr. Chuck Misler, um, and I began. People were asking me, "What do you want to do with your PhD?" And I was like, "Well, I don't know. I just want to like study the Word of God." <laughs> so I thought, "Well, I don't know. I'll ask God, right? Why not ask God?" And He immediately said, "Don't you think there's a need for good Christian counselors?" And I was like, well, maybe, but I'm sure there's lots of others out there. It's not going to be me. And so I gave him a list of things I wanted because I did not want to go back into the secular counseling. I did not want insurance companies telling me which methods I could use. I wanted to pray. I wanted to do deliverance. I wanted to meet people Mm -hmm. where they are. And believe me, I have a lot of clients who are not believers. That's okay. I meet people where they are. But this is what I wanted to be the foundation and immediately God, within hours, it was all figured out. I popped up, this website popped up with the, all of the answers on it. And I was like, you are good. <laughs> so after yeah. I first went to seminary and completed my PhD in clinical Christian counseling, he then sent me on a path. And, and during this time, I have to tell you, um, I was married to a very narcissistic narcissistic personality disordered person i do mean that clinically i don't mean like oh they're such a narcissist i mean textbook um and i was going to stay married because i believe that was the right thing to do it was best for my kids and it honored god and at one point and this might challenge some of your listeners at one point i was reminding god of that when it was at its worst and he spoke into my heart i never asked you to i was like what (laughs) So that took me on a journey of of praying and studying his word and and realizing that I was not helping my kids. It it had gotten to the point where it was destructive to me, to my children. It wasn't even helpful for this man because um, as long as as it was okay for him to be continuing this, I'm I'm setting my boundaries. I'm doing everything I need to do. It wasn't helping him reach what he needed to either, be Mm -hmm. it as it may. I was training, the Lord sent me to train in all kinds of cool techniques that, that rewire your brain. Like literally, I've seen the, um, the brain scans where your neurons are unlearning because it's about learning, unlearning these painful patterns of behavior that you just do. You just feel triggered and you say them or you do them. Like, like Paul said, I don't even know why I'm doing this. I hate the things I do and I'm not doing the things I want to do. Well, it's unconscious. And as I was learning all of this, um, the Lord began speaking to me of how to amp it up, how to do it better, faster, stronger, $6 million way. And, and the, um, that's an old TV show. <laughs> you might know, but not know about that show. So um, even my instructors were saying, what are you doing? How are you getting such fast results? And I was getting them in me because I wanted to be healthy. I wanted to believe 
live the life that um, I believe the Bible was giving to me. I didn't want to go into my life angry at this man or or acting out of that. So I was cleaning myself up. And at a certain point, the Lord said, okay, you've learned what I sent you to learn. Do not sit under their leadership anymore. Come out. Mm-hmm. And I actually lost a couple grand because I didn't listen because I liked it and it was fun and my friends were there. And I didn't listen to him. And then some character traits and behaviors came out of one of the people who I was under his leadership that I realized I don't want to be associated with this person. I don't want my name connected. So I listened to God and he then took me through the Bible and he just amazed me showing me that all of these concepts that I learned out there were already, I'm going to pull this up, already in the Bible. I mean, obviously it was there first. Mm-hmm. And we just don't have that. We're getting the technology now to understand yeah. what God already has for us. Yeah. So true. So true. So um, would you like me to read you some of those verses or talk about yeah, the please. physics? <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. We'll take, take us through some of the verses and then we can get into what what it means to rewire your brain, all the different things you've worked out. Yeah, it'll be awesome to get into. Perfect. Perfect. So it all starts in the mind. And here's a good verse, 3 John 2. It's one of my favorites. Beloved, I may I pray that you may prosper in all things. And by the way, that's financially. Look it up in the concordance. <laughs> I pray that you may prosper in all ways and be in good health, even as your mind prospers. So it starts with our mind because our, our, our brain and our body are one. So our nervous system is throughout our whole body. Our body is communicating the neural impulses and the chemical output of everything we think. That is why we've now come to realize that every single chronic illness and disease, everything that doesn't have a cause, like, oh, you you harmed your heart physically and that's why you have a physical problem, or you you contracted a virus and now you can take something to get well, or a bacteria. Everything else is caused by or related to or exacerbated by stress. It's all stress related. Guess Mm. what? When you reduce that stress, the symptoms often go away. And granted, just like not everybody um, prays right away and right away, mental or physical illness goes away. Just like not everybody who takes medication, it changes right away. Just like brain retraining may have to be done in conjunction with some physical things. You might need to be addressing your sleep. You might need to be addressing your diet. But the point is, if you will change the resources in your brain, that will positively impact the rest of your life. Versus. Let's go back to versus. (laughs) Philippians 4. To me, this is total brain retraining. This is the process that I take my clients through. First, we want to get it all out. We want to really, Dr. Andrew Huberman talks um, a lot about um, when you change your your wiring, you have to focus very strongly first on the problem. You have to open Mm. the resources in your brain. So you have to think about how does it affect me mentally? What am I feeling? What is my body feeling? Uh, what are the words I'm using? Who are the people in my memories? That gets the problem out in the open. Then you, you we do a process of rewiring that and then we focus on, you have to strongly then focus on what are you going to replace it with? You know yeah. the verse, um, when you kick a demon out, 
and you clean yeah. up your house, if you do not replace it, yeah. that's literal, but it's also a metaphor yeah. for brain retraining. You got to replace it. So here, yeah. listen to this, Philippians 4, 13. Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Tell God all about it. Tell God what you need. Thank him for everything he's done. And then the peace of God will flood your heart. But then it goes on and says, now the next step. So you've gotten it out, right? Mm -hmm. Fix your hearts and thoughts on what is true, what is honorable, what is right. Think about these things, blah, blah, blah. That's the second part we have to do. So this whole thing of like, um, what is it, the law of attraction? Well, I'm going to tell you right now, you cannot put lipstick on a pig. You can think all the good thoughts you want, but if you're full of junk inside your unconscious, right, this is, it can't, it doesn't do anything. We have to first discover the unconscious programming we learned the first five years of life usually, because why? We have to learn to survive our family, our particular family. How do we get attention? How do we avoid punishment? How do we get our needs met? Are we worthy, right? Most mm -hmm. of us innately feel we're not worthy. We don't deserve. No. We're not good enough. And I do believe too that demons, since we have to protect our thoughts from lies, why, why couldn't it be they've been whispering to us since we were born? So we might have a lot of junk mm -hmm. in there that we consciously, that little 5% of our operating, we consciously want mm -hmm. to believe. I have faith, Lord, I have faith, I have faith. But 95% of our true belief system is running yeah. automatically and it is saying, I don't believe and let me tell you why. Yeah, that's so true. And I think even things like you said, we really don't realize like in those critical first years of our brain developing, learning all those different things, sometimes I think you can see people, and I'm sure we've all had it, people are just in bondage for years and into yeah. their teens, their young adults, adult years, even towards the end of their life. And we we hear scripture like um, like Philippians 4.13 that you, oh, no, not Philippians 4.13, but when you clear out the house to actually refill it. And I don't think that's spoken about enough it's always like yeah sure go you know have deliverance or do all this but it's like well what are we what are we doing after to actually re like you said retrain our minds yeah. fill it with scripture fill it with good and and wholesome things that will actually build up build up our spirit instead of continuing just to be free go back yeah. to what happened be free go go back to what happened yeah and a lot of people too they will i love romans 12 too um and it is be transformed by the yeah. renewing of your mind. And some people will be like, well, that's the Holy Spirit who renews your mind. Yes, and yet go to 2 Corinthians 10.5. Take your thoughts captive. Retrain yeah. them to obey the knowledge of God. Yeah. What is what is our part? It's to address our thoughts, to not think yeah. we are victims. It is to, yeah. as in Ephesians 6, 17, 18, um, take the mighty sword of God. Just, yeah, take the sword of God, which is the spoken word of God. So yeah. demons can't hear our thoughts. They might be able to implant them or whisper to them subliminally, mm -hmm. however, but they can't hear our thoughts. So we have to use the word of God. It's powerful as a sound weapon, right? Wep sound is weaponized. I think it mm -hmm. hurts their ears. It's also imbued, it's God's words, 
right? Mm -hmm. So they have inherent power and authority. And Jesus says every single believer, what was it, Mark 16, 17? Every believer will do these things. They will command the demons and the demons must obey, right? Yeah. And then you, you do need to go back to um, in John where he says, um, but I have come so they may have life. The devil's come to still kill, destroy. And then it follows that with this is the, the if then, right? Which is mm-hmm. the, my next book, if then. <laughs> this is the if then. If you submit yourself to God, then command the devil and he will flee yeah. from you. Yeah. It's too easy just to forget we're in a spiritual battle sometimes. I think we can sit yeah. back and go, oh, you know, God will renew my mind or Holy Spirit will do it. But I actually love that there is that active partnership where we go, I am taking my thoughts captive. I am getting into the word. I'm retraining my mind. I'm taking my thoughts captive, filling it up with scripture. And I love that there actually is that real active part that we we get to partner with God, yeah. with the Holy Spirit to actually do this. And I think it, it makes it all the more satisfying to be going, Holy Spirit, you are empowering me, but I'm working with you, empowered by your spirit to retrain my mind, to take my thoughts captive and to feel that and yeah so i love that you yeah talk about that and and show people how important it actually is to do that yeah and um i think it's so cool too that a if if anybody else is a control freak or unless it's just me i like to have some kind of right i like to have something to do i want to do something um but also you know it's just I was going to say a second point, and I can't remember what it was, but it will come back. <laughs> it's good to have some some kind of, oh, I know what it is. See how the brain, my I asked a question, and this, y'all do this. If you ever forget, like, where your keys or whatever, ask yourself the question, what was I thinking? And then go on, and it'll pop back in your brain like that, because mm. your unconscious loves to problem solve. Um, I think Einstein wrote a question down before he went to sleep every night, and in the morning he would have the answer most times. Whoa. Ask yourself questions. Cool. The answer, it's in here. So much is in here. If we can relax, like I work a lot with my clients with um, using parables and metaphors the way Jesus said to tell them a little story. And as their brain comes along, as they're willingly listening, um, they're they're getting on board with feeling safe and knowing that they can change these the other thing that i think is cool about having something to do is because god is a gentleman he as i pray all the time just do it do it lord but he doesn't he says we're going to do this together and you're going to be willing like the the guy by the pool of bethsaida um the man who'd been there forever 38 years And the first thing Jesus asked him is, are you willing to be made whole? And because we have to be willing to let go of our old identity, because our old identity, as bad as it is, my hair is being weird, as bad as it is, our old identity had perks. For example, it enables me to have a, um, you know, the little thing you hang in your car, the handicapped thing, it enables Mm -hmm. me to have parking. Or it enables me to tell people, I don't want to go to that family event because you know I have depression. And you may very well have it, but I'm saying there's a silver lining to everything. And if you're not willing to let that part of it go, 
you will never shift your problem. Yeah, and even such a good point you said about often I think people can so easily make their anxiety, their depression, whatever illness, their identity, and so much of it comes back to that identity issue. And we see that today more than ever with all the all the stuff coming up about identity yeah. and anyway, that's a whole other Absolutely. can of words. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's <laughs> but not open that one tonight. Um, but yeah, I think so often we, we do see people partnering with whether it is anxiety or depression. And I think as we continue to, to instead of retraining our mind to, to renew it, like you said, when we, it's like we just speak word curses over ourselves. It's I, yes. I am anxious. I am depressed. I am this. I am that. And it's like, no, I have not, to. No, I should. Yeah. Yeah. So instead it's yeah. going, sure, I might have feelings of being anxious or, or stressed. Okay. I'm just going to sit. I'm going to feel that. I'm going to listen. But I am not this. I am a son, daughter of God. I yeah. am reading Christ. Speak that over yourself. Don't continue to partner with those negative thoughts because we we really do spiral and like you said it it changes our brain chemistry the science to actually back it up now yeah we get in agreement um our we can get our internal reality in agreement with our external reality real easy but we can also do that we can get our external reality in agreement with our internal and we do this all the time because um, you and I can go to the same event and see the same thing there was a cool experiment done on this called the gorilla experiment um, and all this is in my book um, where I expand on it so if you like this kind of like rambling all this different stuff that's happened to me I talk the same way in my books um, but we can see the same thing and have a totally different um, feeling about it we will pick up different aspects of it and then we'll even get in an argument about whether or not something happened because we all our reticular activating system of our brain pulled out and put into our memory the parts that were already congruent with what we think and say and feel so if you've ever said but I know what you meant by that no I didn't mm. mean that but I know because this other thing we're creating a reality for ourselves that may not match up with if there was a videotape happening, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so if there's anyone then in that case, if they have thoughts or this sparks something, I'm going, oh, okay, I think this is a problem. I need to start retraining my brain. How do you think people would identify the need that they have to do it? And then what would they do to actually start retraining their mind yes perfect okay if you have an emotion or a memory or a belief system that you don't like and you don't want it's time to retrain your brain if you have a goal um, for like career or your love life or your family relationships if you have any kind of a goal and you're you feel like you can't achieve it you're stuck you need to retrain your brain and so ways to do that I mean obviously if if you want to go in depth and, and go through a whole the process I've created obviously you'd reach out to me but yeah. the cool thing about 
the word of God and about um, neurobiology is there are so many resources out there. And so here's 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 a great one. I call it the seven steps. If you're a believer, here's a, a wonderful tool. The first thing is recognize. I'll see if I can remember all the R's. Recognize <laughs> there is a problem, right? And then just like Philippians says, start really going into it. Well, what's what's bothering me? And and here's the real key. You have to go with the mindset that they're not doing it to me. Okay, so maybe somebody did do something like they slapped you. Obviously, they did something to you. Your response to it and how you carry that forward in your life or how you respond back, all of that's inside here. So if you're willing to take 100% responsibility for how you feel, you can very easily and quickly change things. But if you want to get stuck in, but no, it's their fault. But no, I have to. But no, I did that because you did that. If you're going to stay stuck and constantly reacting instead of responding in freedom. So uh, another great part of it is to repent of your part. For example, when I get cut off in traffic or something, sometimes I have a little feeling or a word that I immediately have coming out or feeling. And then I immediately remember that that is not going to help me. And I just repent for all the times I've done the same darn thing. I've done that. And so I right away um, begin to bless that person and say, oh, Lord, I've forgiven this. So, so it's really important to forgive. Forgiveness, mm -hmm. as we've all heard, is not for them. It truly, truly, truly is for you. It yeah. is freeing. It has nothing to do with you letting go of um, what they did or not setting a boundary. In fact, if you forgive, it clears you up to be very clear about what boundary do I need to set? Because you're not all in your emotions. So um, the first thing I do is, is, Lord, I just forgive them in the name of Jesus. I don't know where they're going. Maybe they have an emergency. Whatever's happening, they feel like they need to get there. And I ask you to protect them, protect everybody on the road. And Father, I just repent for the, A, the emotion I just had, maybe the word I just said. I repent for all the times I've done that same thing. And you would be amazed how good you start feeling. If you just forgive, repent, usually the people who irritate us the most are a mirror for something we don't like about ourselves or we don't allow in ourselves and they're doing it and so we don't like it. So I really get excited now when I meet somebody who irritates me. And I'm like, ooh, what's this what about? What is this bringing up about me? <laughs> and I, I just go in and I find yeah. it. And then I realize that wow. person's fine. I love that person. Mm -hmm. They're, they're great. Yeah, wow, that's powerful. And do you, whether you started doing this process or with what you recommend with other people, do you ever recommend that as they do it, they have a bit of a framework and they, they write it down first or there's a way to structure that and then as they continue to go it just becomes a habit like an, an immediate thing they just always do in their minds how do you it go from nothing it does. To that? yeah I don't recommend really writing down the problem unless um because your brain really loves metaphors there there's a verse probably in John where he says um Jesus always taught using a parable he never taught anything without using a parable 
So mm-hmm. the reason why is because our unconscious needs a story with pictures to connect new information to what we already have. It's a chain. Memories are a chain or a collage. So Jesus, of course, having created our brains, knew that to teach something, he had to connect it with something mm-hmm. like the yoke. The yoke is one of my my favorites because to train a little baby, a, a small calf of how to plow, they would create and carve a yoke that perfectly fits the baby calf so it's very comfortable but it transferred mm-hmm. the bulk of the load onto the larger more experienced animal so that the younger animal was able to learn comfortably easily get a lot of positive reinforcement like i'm doing this i'm doing this oh, right for retraining so your brain cute. and you know how jesus yeah. says take my yoke on you yeah. for my burden is easy you know yeah. my load is lighter so yeah that's such a beautiful way to see that parable because so often we read it you know it's like do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers and we think about you know in the frenzy you have or dating your husband marriage you know don't be unequally yoked but i i really love that way of seeing it where not only the comfort for them as as their training but yeah it's just a beautiful picture of, of jesus taking taking that from us as well and when yeah. you're unequally yoked, it it makes it the the load is not distributed well, and it causes mm-hmm. pain and discomfort for both animals. Yeah. But back to the parables. Um, if you're gonna write your problem down, what I encourage you to do afterward is do some kind of a metaphor for your brain to understand. I'm not keeping this. So you might rip it up. You and you can talk to your mm-hmm. own brain if you understand language. Guess what? So does your brain, your mind does. Rip it, tear it, burn it, and say, I'm walking away from this, I'm letting this go. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what people can also do at that point is then write down as much as they can about the opposite. What do I want? So we don't write down, I don't want this anymore. Okay, you just reinforce to your brain because your brain does not hear that negative qualifier, don't. It hears all the rest of it. I want more pain. So, yep, switch it into a positive. Well, well, what's the opposite of pain? Well, if you have no more pain, what do you have instead? Then begin writing about that. Um, Really quick things to do too are the thing where I said, how fast can I forgive? For my sake, how fast can I forgive? How fast can I repent? If you practice doing it, it becomes second nature. And the other technique is one I actually uh, teach a lot of my clients, which is how to, I, I give your subconscious, so you have your unconscious where all the stuff is stored, and you have your conscious that you are thinking about, and then you have the manager of your brain, which is the subconscious. You can actually teach your subconscious how to identify the problem neurons the emotion and how to replace that, how to unwire it and rewire it with a positive or neutral emotion. Take a belief that argues with God. And I always have my clients, um, we just pray and say, Holy Spirit, we want you to be the final word on what is a lie and what is not a lie in our minds. We want, we are intending and telling our brains to obey the Holy Spirit first. 
and switch those lying beliefs out. Um, yeah. And your brain can even learn how to do it so that you, that becomes like an ongoing program in the back of your mind where your mind is continually helping to doctor yourself up. We, we say treat, transform, fix. And it's amazing when I do sessions on myself or others, it's very relaxing. I'm having this intention. I tell my brain what to do. I'm submitting myself to the Lord and things just shift very, very quickly. And it's a very well-studied technique. There's nothing woo-woo about it. Yet we're just working with the language of your brain. Mm-hmm. Do you have an example for anyone who wanted, like I know when we spoke a couple nights ago with the, the you think of the bad memory, can you give us an example or, or walk us through what that might actually look like for anyone who's listening and, and wants to do that too? I For sure. Um, so, well, an example. So the with that set of programming, actually, there's a little process I need to go th- through first with teaching people's brains the um, the metaphor. Um, and so here's the metaphor. Imagine that everything happens in your brain and body is on a field, like a soccer field, right? And, we, and we're all now getting a picture of a soccer field. Yeah. And we know that there's a goal at one end. And in life, we're always trying to go towards our goals, aren't we? And maybe our goal is peace. Maybe our goal is to really feel connected with God. Maybe our goal is to to um, have like really assertive communication and really respond in love. But being human beings, as we start moving and we try to go in that direction, it's kind of like we get blocks and barriers, almost like there's a gopher under the ground digging up. And you know how gophers, they make those mounds of dirt. And so we get these mounds of dirt on our active field in a certain order and they represent those negative painful emotions and they also represent the beliefs that are just lies according to God who's the authority. And we have even parts of us like little mini part-time personalities that are a memory of how to. Like when something triggers me, I bam, I do this thing. That's that's a part of you a memory that seems like a personality that takes over and handles the business Mm -hmm. and then goes back asleep and you're like, what? Just, why did I do that again? And so your subconscious can almost take a feather and in the right order, brush all those mounds down until your activity field is smooth. And now of course you can go right in to your goal, can't you? And what this is doing, to your subconscious, if it is okay, anybody out there, if I just tell your brain, your subconscious, what it's doing, um, it's neurologically discovering the, what are the neurons that create that emotion and neutralizing it and then replacing it with a positive emotion. And I believe there's two emotions because God mentions these two specifically. Uh, I think it's second Timothy. He talks, he says, perfect love drives out fear. So I think we're either operating from love, like the the deepest levels of love, or we're operating from fear. So we want to exchange the resources and we want to take any belief that is just disempowering and lying and argues with God and exchange that for the opposite or a true empowering belief and do that in all parts of us. And then because the Bible says we're not to be double-minded, but be of one single mind, which coincidentally 
that is what neurobiology has found is the healthiest mindset to be one personality not all these memories taking over and we're constantly like oh I feel this and I feel that and now I'm scared and now I'm angry but instead to heal these memories and then just integrate them into one main solid personality mm -hmm. and I believe that's what our subconscious can do that's what I believe our brain can do if we explain what we want to have happen so I have clients pick a code word it could be, hey, subconscious, meaning yourself. Or you can say me, what, whatever you want. I want to retrain this. I want to treat it. I want to fix it. I want to transform it. And um, many people feel actually their, their brain's doing a process, doing a rewiring, because your brain's your body. So most people feel very relaxed or they begin to feel um, uh, some pressure inside or some tingling feelings. All that means is neurons are firing and you are experiencing them in some way. So if that's too out there for people who don't know the science behind that, what I encourage you to do is focus on what the Word of God says. And he says, if you're having a problem, again, acknowledge it's your problem. Nobody's climbing in your head and creating a problem in you. Um, Albert Ellis really demonstrated this in the 70s with rational emotive behavior therapy. You have a belief inside of you that you're operating from. I'm not worthy. They don't love me. Everybody's out to get me. Whatever it is, this will never work out. I'll never get ahead. I'll never be able to save money. That produces thoughts. And as you have those thoughts, they have a chemical response, which are emotions. And that's the consequence. And we think our emotions are true. Our emotions are 100% a result of the thoughts we just had. If you will take responsibility for your thoughts, what does the Bible say? Take your thoughts captive and retrain them. So we want to go to our thoughts. You don't, you don't even have to do any, anything else. You decide with your will. That is a lie. I'll do this. A thought might jump in my head from somewhere. Oh, they don't like you. That is a lie in the name of Jesus Christ. Devil, you are not going to speak to my mind. You know what, Karen? You don't know what's going on in their mind because you cannot mind read. They might like you very much. They might be having a bad day. They might have just stubbed their toe. What is the truth? The truth is that whether they like you or not, you can still be loving to them and they might get to like you. I just rewired it. I, and the more we do this type of thing, the more solid that new way of thinking becomes until it becomes natural. But it will never be natural unless you pick one of these techniques that I've given you, just one, and you keep doing it over and over until yeah. it's second nature. What do you think stops people from, because I know even I've had, the, like we all have things in our life where it's like, Lord, you know, I really want to change this or whatever that looks like. But sometimes we're just like, God, I don't, I don't know how to do it. I feel like you're not helping me in this. What do you think stops people from moving forward and actually being able to do this stuff? You just, you just demonstrated it. It's those thoughts. I don't know how. Yeah. Sure you do. I just told you how. Or what yeah. was the other thing that you said? Um, that is like God won't. Oh, God's not helping me. 
Yeah. Well, let's see what the word of God says about that, because it says he's an ever present. Yeah, he's an ever present yeah. help in times of trouble. This you is what we do. It. I teach a course called um, Power Words or, you know, like how to change your word. And I say everything you say to me tells me what's going on inside of you. Okay? Mm. So when you catch yourself saying something that's just flat out not true, my favorites uh. are I can't. I got to tell mm. you something. There's nothing you can't do because okay maybe you can't fly jump off the ground and fly but it's like oh i can't go to that thing tonight sure you could you're not choosing to and that's okay no i can't because this bad thing will happen you still can you just don't want the consequence of doing it you still mm -hmm. can um i have to i should well i don't know if you should but i know you could when you say these kind of um phrases they create in your mind and heart a sense of i'm a victim and i'm powerless if yeah. you will switch your words to the truth you you might not make a different decision but you actually empower yourself and you build a sense of confidence inside wow and for uh there's honestly so much, and i have things like that too it's like you really don't even realize how many thoughts and wrong beliefs that you have like it's just insane but it, once you do actually start to capture them I think the more like you said the more you do this the more you go oh look at all of these different thoughts that I have the lies that I'm believing and then I think it becomes a lot easier to to actually be able to capture it yeah. but I would love to know for you as well so obviously there's the whole sector of counseling psychology psychiatrist that is secular so there's no faith involved in that how have you found like why do you think that faith makes a difference or, or what did that look like for you kind of before and after working in the christian versus non-christian sectors it absolutely makes a difference i'm not i'm not kidding you i mean uh there is power uh there, the holy spirit is the spirit of power right? Love, sound mind. He is the spirit that gives, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Before I sit down with a client, um, if they're, I am praying for them. And if they're a believer in the session, we will pray. I commit every session to God. Because, you know, the Lord says, if you commit your plans to me, I will bring them about. I know that what I'm doing is in his will because I he wants us to have a sound mind, right? Yeah. I know that, so what I want to do is I want to get us on board with his will and for, and give him credit for it. I mean, yes, I, I, I'm skilled, but truly the outcome has a lot more to do with the power of the Holy Spirit than it does. We're, we're showing up and doing our part, but the yeah. magic and the miracles happen where people are like, how did I get in 60 minutes? How did we get from here to here? It's like, because you came willing for the Holy Spirit to transform you. Yeah. So, um, when I, like I said, when I was in training, I was in a secular, in fact, one of my instructors, that same one was formerly a Christian and got hurt. And instead of him using his own process that he was teaching us to heal his hurts, he was very bitter towards Christians. There are times he and I, you know, had a little tete-a-tete, face-to-face of me saying, back off, you know, because he was literally just putting down Christians, devaluing them, debasing them, or, or even 
people in other fields and I would take the mic and stand up and just say, okay, well, let's clarify that, you know, because what you're saying is not true. I am a Christian and I am a, a you know, trained as a clinical psychologist. That's not my title now. That's a state title. But um, you're, you're saying things that you don't know. So it was, it was a hard situation to be in, but I really felt led by the Lord to be there. So I prayed for him. But even while we were learning these techniques, I began getting the Holy Spirit insight, wisdom of how to take it a step further, how to expand it further, where I would say, well, if the unconscious can has all this access and ability to, why are we only working with one memory? Why couldn't I like have the person imagine that they have all the memories and that they're, we're going to work them all the same time and this one memory is going to represent them and people were shifting these huge memories of pain and trauma and they would come to me and say, what are you doing? How do you know how to do this? And I say, I've got the Holy Spirit. I pray about it. Mm -hmm. And they would go, all right, if you don't want to share what you're doing, fine. I'm like, I'm not kidding. This is it. The Holy Spirit will take whatever you do and multiply it. So. Yeah, beautiful. Well, what I would love to do is, and I'm sure there are so many more things we could talk about, but do you have any, I guess, final thoughts for people about what to do, why it's important? Just any words of advice or encouragement? anyone listening who thinks it is so important and I really want you to know that that God is listening to you and he does hear you and sometimes for me those times of silence extended silence um, have been the most powerful because he's waiting for me to get to the place I need to go and have and, and be ready for the insight and if he told me right away I probably wouldn't have learned from it or heard it or accepted it. But sometimes I go through a period where it feels very quiet and I say, okay, what do I need to do? What do I, how do I need to change? What, what do I need to feel? And I've learned to be very, very honest with God all the time. And I really want you to make a decision whether you're going to believe the word of God is true or not. You have to start from there. If you believe it's true, then you will believe it has value for you and you will take the advice given. I really want to encourage you not to believe your thoughts because they might not even be yours. <laughs> they might be an imp- you know, from the demonic world. They might be coming out of your childhood pain. They might be something somebody told you well-meaning or you overheard as a young child and you took it as the gospel truth and are living from that. Mm-hmm. So I want to encourage you to do is understand that God has given you the authority and the right to take your thoughts, take a hold of them, and retrain them. 2 Corinthians 10, 5. So you can retrain them. You can put your own free will on your thought process. You can say, okay, what is bothering you about this? When did this, what does this remind me of? Oh, this is really about my dad or my mom. It usually is. It's really about my dad or mom who, bless their hearts, they did the best they could. It's not about that other person. How can I go heal this instead of taking this out on that other person? So there's some tidbits. Yeah, oh, very encouraging. Well, I would absolutely love it if you are happy to pray for the people listening, whatever stage and phase of life they're going through, whether it's at the end of this journey, in the middle, or maybe the start. 
love for you to, to wrap us up in prayer. I would love to. Thank you for that honor. Dear Heavenly Father, I am so thankful for every single person listening. Thank you for Grace. Thank you for the Hallelujah podcast. Father, I ask that you multiply it, that that she will be able to reach even more people with your love. Father, everybody who hears this at any time in the future, I pray for that person. I pray that they will prosper in every way and be in good health, even as their mind prospers. Father, I thank you for um, reaching them in a way that they know it's you. Whatever that way is, that they have that same experience of God loves me and he hears me and he is working in my life. Father, I pray that you will strengthen every bit of faith they have. And you say in your word, if we don't have enough faith, then pray for more faith because the Holy Spirit gives us faith. Lord, I just thank you that um, whatever is happening in, in the listeners day to day, it just goes better. It just goes better in an amazing way. And they'll remember this and then they'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we would, well, I, we, what am I talking about? I would love you to talk a bit about where people can find you if they're interested either in your, in your book, in having your service, just reaching out. Where can people find you? Oh, thank you. Yes, you can um, go to my website, www.thebrainretrain.com. If you want, you can just email me. It's, you can email it at thebrainretrain at gmail.com. That's another great way. If you would like to hear some more of this encouraging type of teaching, you can go to my YouTube channel, which is Dr. Karen Liddell or Karen R. Liddell. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, perfect. And where can people buy the book? So as the, well, if anyone. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, so there are two books available right now on Amazon. One is brain retrain the how to renew your mind guide and I talk about all this stuff and then I also created a gratitude journal just to make it easy to get in that habit of every day 10 things I'm grateful for I have um, a couple new books coming out one is called yeah. if then and it's over 300 biblical promises of God that kind of have either they say if then or they have the flavor of if you do this, then God will do that. So the cover is oh. being made right now and it's ready to go out. And the next one is a book called Brain Retrain to Prosper. And it's not like prosperity gospel. It's not, it's not that, but mm -hmm. it does acknowledge God talks more about money than any other subject in the Bible. Mm -hmm. God has, you know, what he considers treasure, which by the way, it's people but also that he knows you have needs and that it's very, very clear in the Bible that he intends to prosper us so that we can be generous givers and that we can, I think it's Ecclesiastes 2, 3, but he says, I want you to enjoy your life and enjoying your life and the wealth he gives you is a gift from him. So I just talk about all these concepts and then it'll also be a brain retrain book of how can I help you get out of your own way? How can I help you get rid of these beliefs that are limiting you having more enough or being generous or even thinking God would want you to have enough money in your bank account and not be stressed and worried all the time? Yeah. Oh, amazing. Well, lots of, yeah, very exciting things to come. And yeah, for anyone who is keen to learn more about 
Karen's ministry, what she's doing, the gratitude journals, the books. I'll, I'll leave all of that um, below as well so you can get connected and, and get oh, reading you. and retraining your brain as well. Amen. Well, it has been such a pleasure having you on. It is a very, very important conversation to have happen. And I just, I love being able to see so many people across the whole world who are doing their ministry, their call and bringing that into work. And I just love that there are so many different sectors that people can go in to praise and worship and glorify God in what they're doing. It doesn't just have to be a pastor or an evangelist. You can be serving God in every single workplace that you're in and, and bringing him into that. So I love that you do that and, and you've you've been able to share that today. But yeah, I appreciate you so much for coming on and thank you everyone who is here and still listening to episode 46 of the Hallelujah podcast, Retraining Your Brain with Karen Liddell. My hope and prayer is that we'll always be able to point you to Jesus and that you'll leave feeling encouraged, equipped, inspired and ready to go out and be salt and light in this world. I'll leave all of the links to Karen's stuff below and in the description, as well as some of my other resources too. And yeah, make sure you follow me on Instagram to keep up to date. Karen as well, her website, everything like that. And yeah, be be blessed. Looking forward to, to catching up with you again soon, no doubt, and sharing more encouragement for, for everyone listening. Thanks Thank- so much for coming on, Karen. Thank you so much, Grace. I've loved it. <laughs> Thanks, so- All right. Well, God bless everyone and I'll see you next time.